0: The next level. Panels to Pixels Bright Burn Movie Review. Welcome to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this week we're actually going to be covering uh, pretty much a movie that's based upon a popular superhero, but not really. It's an actually a really good movie, I thought. I, I had a great time with this movie, and there is so much going on. Uh, you want to take it away, Steve?
1: Yeah, let me let me let's start out with a disclaimer. Let everybody know before we start this podcast that this will be a spoiler full, full review of the movie *Brightburn*. So if you've not seen that movie yet, or you don't want to hear any spoilers, you can stop now, go see it, and then come back, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, uh, the movie. But like so this will be spoiler full, so if you haven't seen it, don't listen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why don't you Mark go ahead and and give people well no probably most of our listeners know exactly what we're talking about when we we kind of briefly explain what this movie is about before we get to the like it or love it or other.
0: Yeah, basically the movie's about literally pretty much in a in a nutshell what would happen to Superman if he came to earth was raised found out about his powers through and during his adolescent years. And he's going through the growing pains of getting and developing these powers. How would he react in a negative format in comparison to the, what we've seen in the comics where he was brought up by Martha and Clark uh, or whatever Jonathan. Clark Kent's. Jonathan. Jonathan Kent's. Yeah. yeah, parents. His parents. And what would happen if he just goes a little bit crazed <laughs> and feeling... Almost like a godliness to himself, or succumbing to some sort of influence from the ship itself, from wherever he came from to take this world, or what have you, and, uh, and then going upon his own personal impulses as being an adolescent that's what I got out of the movie itself.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's it's it's a it's something that's not never been explored, at least in, in movie fashion. We've always seen and I, I was really thinking more about this today, and I didn't put this in the notes, so this is I'm just kind of free flowing here. Um, the the difference between Jonathan and Martha Kent and um Brandon Breyer's parents are there there were subtle differences I think in character. <laughs> well, um we just like I don't I don't think I don't remember seeing ever seeing even in like the show Smallville or any of the movies or any of the uh the comic books. I never remember seeing uh Jonathan Kent, you know, in a bar shooting pool with his buddies drinking beer. Like no. it was always a very family they were very family oriented, very grounded, and I think that's why we have a difference here of the difference between the Kents and the Briars because the, the Briars are more of, I I would almost call them, I, I hate to put it this way, almost like a normal, um, kind of dysfunctional family, you know, whereas the Kents were very idealistic in their, in their family character. Yeah, definitely. And so we see the difference of what happens when, because, you know, if you ever watched, I think it was in Superman, the movie, there's a scene between Christopher Reeve and, uh, Oh it's going to kill me who played Jonathan Kent in in Superman the movie. But there's a scene where his father is explaining to him why he can't win the football game, why he can't cook, kick the football, you know, he can I can throw the football the, the length of the field and catch it myself because I'm so fast and his father telling him you can't use your powers that way. And we never really saw that in this uh in this this movie here. So
0: Exactly, and uh, I believe the person who played Jonathan Kent in the original Superman series played Uncle Owen in the Star Wars series.
1: Oh, yeah, that could be. I'd have to. I'll have to look it up. That's that's gonna be. It's gonna bug me now. I'm gonna have to look it up. But go ahead. While while I'm looking that up, why don't you uh, you talk about like it, love it, or other? Well,
0: I actually really enjoyed this movie a lot. It was way out of left field from anything we've seen from any iconic superhero with, you know, basically with an alternate existence. And, and in a nutshell, we just basically said, yeah, this is Superman. <laughs> and Superman turned dark. And we've seen that in the comic books before. They actually did uh, Superman Red Sun, but that was a little bit of a different style story in the comic books. And there's actually a comic book uh, cartoonish thing that's going on you can find it on youtube it's called superman red Sun. it's as if superman was found in russia or at the time uh what is it soviet union there you go okay and, and uh, if he was brought up in the soviet union and was brought up as an agent for the soviet union to do their means with his superpowers and he was a little bit manipulated, corrupted in his own way to do their bidding, but that's more of a government thing, and and it was seen by the Americans who's the super being. Oh my God, we have to cower and be afraid of this person. But at the very end of that particular run of that series, he was helping the Americans uh, in that. And I, I suggest everybody to go see that. It was like it's almost almost like an animatic that you can find on YouTube. Uh, It's an interesting story, but this is like the complete dark horror version of what we could see of something like this. And it was entertaining. It was definitely entertaining. And I love the idea of the the twist on it. And on top of that, we'll get into the other things that they allude to later on in the movie. And that was towards the end of the movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So it was Glenn Ford. Glenn Ford played Pa Kent in, uh, in the Superman the movie. Um, Ah. I I did. I liked it. Um, The points, I think what I really liked about it is that there were points that surprised me. The points that surprised me really did surprise me. Um, And we'll get to that when we get into our our notes and our top top moments. But it's not a movie for me that I'll probably buy because I'm just not into like the gruesome kind of death scenes. Yeah, and that
0: was a bit, a little, bit. yeah, I like I said, I was entertained at first, mm-hmm. but it's not something I would watch over and over again. Yeah, it's not the, the, one of those
1: movies. Yeah, the gruesome death scenes really, really caught me, uh, they caught me off my guard uh, in, in a good way, but at the same time, I was just like, I was horrified uh, at it, so I, I don't think it's a movie that I'm necessarily going to buy. It, it might be a movie that I would, you know, if I see it on cable, uh, HBO yeah, yeah. or Showtime, I'll, I'll definitely watch it, though, Give it, a, give it a second watch.
0: Yeah, definitely, same here. So, what were your uh, favorite moments in the movie?
1: Um, so, for me, I, I think my favorite of all of them is that just at the that end. Um, uh, well, let me let me just start at the beginning. It, it was very dark and it was disturbing. I like the fact that they didn't put a big focus on the bullying. There, there's been a lot about. And in no way am I trying to to um, you know uh, limit bullying as a problem in schools today because it's definitely a, a thing. The bullying he experienced, though, in my opinion, at least, was nowhere near the level of what his response to it was, uh, especially with his powers. And, you know, that at the end um, that I'm the bad guy song and that transformation was was just haunting to, to see that. And uh, th- that chilling, I think for me, the most chilling moment uh, was there at the end when he's just sitting on the, the ambulance bumper and he's, you know, eating a chocolate chip cookie and that yeah. that's plain is just burning around him and people are running and it's just so that that for me that was one of the the very, very specific moments is seeing uh just that that fact that the bullying was not uh they, they didn't they didn't make it seem like to me anyway that the bullying was the catalyst for his transformation it really was more the ship it was more his not um i you know i definitely think there's some narcissistic kind of uh uh socios sociopathy there um <laughs> you know because that whole superiority thing and that's what the aunt picks up on in that you know in that interview with him when he says well i'm special i'm not just special but i'm superior you know yeah to you all and you could definitely see that she is 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 seeing that there's something wrong with this kid oh definitely yeah,
0: uh, especially, you know, not to put a pun to it, you know, the ant saw <laughs> herself as an ant, and he could squash her like a bug.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Uh, uh, towards the end, pretty much.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But... Uh, Go ahead.
1: What's yours? Uh, What's some of yours? Uh,
0: mine would be, there were a lot of things going on in this movie, just like you stated. Uh, the deaths were very specific within it. The uncle who got him the rifle for his birthday was... Extremely gruesome, but I found it odd that you know when the father was taking him out in the in the forest, he was going to use—I don't know if it was the same rifle—but he was going to try to take him out with the rifle.
1: Yeah, no, it it wasn't. It was a totally different. It, that that part really it conf— I will admit it confused me a little bit because when you're you're talking about uh, rural Kansas, you're talking about a a uh, uh, a society that society, that's wrong, but people who hunting is a, is a lifestyle for them. And it just, uh, to have a kid who's 12 years old, I mean, I know I'm in Oklahoma and I know kids who had their first rifle at like six. Okay. Um, and they're perfectly fine. They're not, they're not doing anything wrong. And so his reaction to the uncle giving the, the kid, the rifle was, was very weird to me, especially since in, just a few scenes later we see him take the kid out with him on a hunting trip yeah (laughs) you know where he's got his bolt action rifle there and he's you know we don't know what he's hunting deer It, it, it seems like it's school year so it's probably deer season you know and just that fact that that he he didn't want his kid to have a rifle but here we are just a few days later and he's taking the kid out into the woods and it's not like it's not like he's. It's not like this is a, a not normal thing. It, it seems like they've done this many times before. Hey, let's go camping, and we're going to take the guns, and we're going to go hunting. You know, it's just a normal thing. So it didn't. It it really was weird to me that the father was so anti him having a gun. Yeah, definitely.
0: It was very confusing in a sense. Though he he was gonna. Oh, I'll take him. and go. On. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. You you didn't want him to have a gun to begin with. Yeah. And on top of that, now that you've You've already flipped out on your wife. You've already overheard the conversation. Now you're gonna t- try to take him out with yeah, a gun yeah, you, you like that. A, yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> that show me the flowers moment kind of thing, or, or look at you know look at the flowers, Brandon. Uh, moment there was uh, was very like as soon as I saw him tell Brandon to, to step in front of him and he's got the gun, I was like seriously like let's just tell him to look at the flowers, Brian. You know, um, so it, it didn't surprise me. I, I I will say this when that death of his father. The only problem I have with it is it seemed like he really learned quickly how to use his heat vision. Yes. You know, yeah. It, it, yeah. We didn't see really any kind of training montage or anything of him, you know, burning a few things. We see that one scene where he discovers it for the very first time and we don't know what happened in that scene. We don't know what he burned. Um, And then all we do is, is a, a few scenes later we see him, attacking the the waitress and burning the door then later as you said we see him burn the fogger so
0: yeah and on t- like like the other death scenes were a bit like gruesome e- especially with the uncle when he drops the truck and the jaw and i was cringing when you see him trying to hold his jaw in place and it just falls and drops i was cringing at that especially with you know the mother scene and there's a little bit in that that I think Brandon deep down as he was flying up but you would think the the impact of her hitting the you know the barn roof would kill her on impact but he thought I I think deep down that was like kind of like they were trying to get a calm scene where it's like he thought this is really my mom and if she could fly she could fly and he just drops her and maybe she could fly up
1: Interesting, uh, yeah. And and I, I totally get that and, and I liked I I really like the fact that they showed her with a bunch of blood and stuff on her from tearing through the roof. Because that would be, you know, you would be all cut up and, and stuff, uh like I'm I'm with you. I was really surprised that she wasn't just dead at that moment, that she was still able to look at him and speak and then when he drops her, it's just kinda like Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The death scenes in this uh, I I will say there's there's two for me there were two kind of and one is funny uh, in a funny way and one was funny in a dark way and that was when he's when he's chasing the uncle and the uncle stops and he sees him in the road and he starts to back up and then he looks again and he sees him floating above the road and the the, the, the <laughs> the uncle kind of mumbles something about, oh, this can't be good or something like that. I don't remember exactly yep. what he said. And uh, and I was like, really? You just saw your, your nephew flying and this is your, you know. <laughs> um, but then later when he's in the, and it might have been, it's after the uncle, when he's uh, attacking the waitress, you know, um, and she's got the glass in her eye. And I don't know anybody else who's had, you know, <laughs> very little first aid training, but. One of the things that I do distinctly remember about first aid training was they said, if anything is in your eye, Don't pull it out. Okay, (laughs) exactly. Like like, I specifically remember that from being in Cub Scouts, and we're talking forty years ago. Okay, Uh, (laughs) that they said if there's a protrusion, if there's something in your eye, don't pull it out. You go get a cup or you you cover it with something, but you don't pull it out. And so as soon as she started pulling that thing, I was like, no, no, no. So uh, yeah, yeah, that that
0: was more for impact, I think, more than anything. I think so, and
1: it did it it made me cringe as well, and just the fact that she that that uh, camera editing in that scene is is really uh it's beautiful in a dark and and twisted way when you see one eye clear and the other eye is kind of with blood through it so yeah definitely yeah.
0: it's like the exorcist of uh superhero movies yeah. Yeah. <laughs> plus uh i have to add to the uh what you do we do find out what happens to her uh the waitress and you see the mother going mm-hmm. into the barn She's like, oh, using that memory of, oh, he got hurt there. I could kill him there and using parts of the spaceship. But when she falls right. down and she sees ro- the remains, and that was something out of Game of Thrones or some sort of really slasher horror film where you see the part of the body stretched out almost like
1: a- an art canvas or something. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's one of those things that we. That I think part of what we missed in the movie, and and I I wouldn't have needed necessarily a lot of it, but we get his progression of deepening kind of into madness and curiosity about uh, the human body. And I wonder if, because, you know, the, the parents find that that stuff under his bed, and it's like, oh, brawn panties pictures. Okay, yeah, I can get that. And they flip through a little bit, and they see, like, bees, pictures of bees. And, and like, okay, why I don't know why he's got mm-hmm. that. And then they, they flip a little further, and there's, like, some medical uh, kind of things of showing organs and, and the inside of the body. And so you, you can definitely see, and I think you kind of had this in your notes, you kind of see that there's been an influence on him, I think, from that ship for a while and we just we were we're expected to understand that I think or we're not told that directly we see I mean we get a little bit of it when he's you know he's chanting the whatever the, the alien language was that he was chanting and then he translated and take this world take the world and we see the pictures when the mother flips through the book and we see the picture of him uh, flying above the earth and his heat vision you know destroying the earth and that, that tells us that he's, there's been an influence on him for a while. This, this whole little character that he kept uh, drawing the, the Brightburn, the BB thing. And I, that was one thing, that was another thing that, that occurred to me when the, the sheriff was talking to the mother and he goes, well, it looks like a BB there for like Brandon Breyer. And if I was the mother, I would look at him and it could, could be just for Brightburn too. Uh- there's two bees in brightburn yeah, buddy yeah, you know definitely. um uh so i i really liked that uh, that we just I, part of me I, I guess i i like and don't like i like the fact that they they gave us the the intellectual um assumption to think we can figure this out a- at the same time i don't like it that i wish they had told us given us a little bit more of it yeah uh
0: definitely it's it was kind of done fast, the, the whole story, but I think they had a lot mm-hmm. that he, they wanted to put in. Also, this is a James Gunn movie, and he's usually very fast-paced. If you watch Slither and even Ragnarok, was kind of really fast-paced, but we already had a backstory of what's going on with Thor and Banner and mm-hmm. everything else that was going on with them. But with this as being an original movie, I think it was one of those where it was just kind of pushed to the limit and to the level So, at least he threw those uh, little subliminal Easter eggs of, oh, okay, he got caught with this under his bed. Oh, he's been sketching out his name with BB, and that's his symbol. And there are little tropes in there regarding certain uh, comic book themes, too. Because think about Bruce Banner, Peter Parker. You got Brandon Breyer. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Interesting, yeah that's a that's a very very superhero thing to have the same. Um, let's talk about for a minute. I think because we both have it as one of our highlights is the Michael Rooker cameo oh, yeah. at, at the end. Uh, what did you think about all that stuff that he was that he was spewing out? Because I think you know a little bit more about it than than I do, and so I want to see if, if if you're if I'm correct in what I was assuming that, that do you think they're going to try to open up a bigger world of this kind of dark universe or, or what do you I think i think
0: they just hinted at that whether or not they continue is another story but uh the way james gunn was leaving it at the very end and having a rookie doing his trademark crazy rants <laughs> and that youtube uh scandalous kind of youtuber uh, rant i thought it was great but uh it, it led more towards dark justice where it was what would happen if the Justice League were evil and they already had that in the comic books where you had a evil Superman you had an evil Wonder Woman you had a an evil Aquaman and Flash and Batman and and I didn't see anything for Batman or Flash but we definitely had that there with Aquaman and Wonder Woman when Rooker goes on saying oh there were a lot of sh- uh, military ships that were sunk in the Pacific, and this there was a definitely a individual or a person noticed like being around it, and then on top of that, right. the the crazy witch lady that are is killing people with her rope.
1: Yeah, I didn't pick up on it as being Wonder Woman, as being a dark version of Wonder Woman, and I think he actually said witch woman. I think I, I could be wrong, but I think he said witch yeah. woman. Uh, in that, and and so I did not, I, I will admit, I did not pick up on any of that until I came home and started uh, Googling uh, stuff about the DC Dark Universe and then hearing that, and I was like, oh, that's who he was talking about with the ropes and strangling people, and uh, I was like, okay, Wonder Woman with the ropes, I got it. So, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see, and I think it's going to depend, and I unfortunately, I don't think this movie is going to do as well as what, I don't think it's going to do as well in the immediate no. box office, as they expected, uh, I know that it's only been out a couple of weeks, and it's already uh, the the amount of showings at my local theaters have been cutting down and down. I think there was like there was I was all by myself in the theater for a while, and then about five people came in uh, to to watch it where where I was at uh, at a matinee showing, but still. Uh, so I, I I'm unfortunately it seems that this movie might not make as much money. No. As they as they expected. And so we may not see but I'd love to see, you know, I, I talked about this with when we reviewed Glass that I'd love to see this open up a new universe of superhero slash villain movies for us because I don't need the I don't need the same old supervillains that we've been getting. I don't need the same old superheroes that we've been getting. I want something new. I want something different. I, the Batman Who Laughs. I've been reading that comic. I love it. Even though it's it's Batman, but it's different. It's different take on Batman. This was Superman, but it was a slightly different take on Superman. Uh, so I I, I kind of want to see what this universe holds as far as these dark versions of the superheroes that we know and love. And makes me wonder if if the opposite is going to be true. Also, are they going to come up with some you know superhero types of villains that we Think of from the DC universe. Oh, yeah, I I think that'd be interesting. Yeah,
0: almost similar to what Watchmen was back in the late '80s when that came out, and you had Rorschach, and he was the complete opposite of any, or even a comedian at that point. When they, you go into Mm -hmm. his history, and yeah, and if anybody's interested, go out there look at Watchmen. Uh, That just started, I believe, or it's coming out soon on HBO, and uh, I'm sure a lot of subscribers like ended. Their subscription <laughs> to HBO <laughs> as soon as Game of Thrones went off the air, but <clears throat> I kept mine. I'm I'm still I'm I'm probably going to check into it, but that that's one that's kept very dark.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely want to want to see Watchmen um, because that that would be one, of course, that we can cover right here on Panels to Pixels. It it fits into our brand. Oh, so.
0: definitely. Uh, there's also Doom Patrol. Ben is uh, Ben Beck, who is part of the Next Level Podcast Network as well. It does DC Primetime and the uh what is it the celebrity uh spotlight uh channel and i he loves that he's going on and on there dc primetime is actually setting to do swamp thing i just watched that today and that's very dark in itself just for the pilot episode and it entertained me it's something that's a little bit darker than its predecessor that came out in the 90s when they had swamp thing uh i i highly recommend that if you guys want to listen to DC primetime they're going to start covering that this week i think so i i suggest everybody go out there and uh watch that and send them some feedback i already did recently so but uh there's a lot out there that's new that's a little bit strange dark uh like i said doom patrol is one of that uh where it's a little bit <laughs> it's it's funny but dark but it's kind of like the lead uh what i would say it's almost like uh uh definitely it's a, the CW uh a show that's co- about the legion. They uh yeah, okay. they uh it's got Brandon Routh in it and uh, that's also covered by uh DC primetime as well. And that's kind of like a misfit kind of group of characters. So Doom Patrol is pretty much that, but it has its own little darkness to it too. So if you like that kind of like humor and darkness go see that and go watch those that kind of thing. This movie in itself, I predicted before I even saw it in a the theater that it was pretty much like a horror movie based super villain movie. And I wouldn't be surprised uh, if that is going to be the start of it. Now, we just got this movie, obviously. The, the theater I went to, just like you, Steve, was very, very small they, they didn't have many people they didn't have many showings and it was you know, yeah uh it'll probably be a movie that comes and goes almost like with cabin in the woods when it came out when joss whedon did that now mind you but joss whedon has buffy by behind his name and everything james Gunn already has guardians he already has uh slither and a whole bunch of other movies that he's popular for and usually he does pack it in but it was probably regarded as Okay, this is a movie that's kind of come out in the beginning of the summer and it's not very popular. It's still working on the tail end of Endgame and uh, they're just banking on the idea of superhero, supervillain, horror.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, what else? Was there anything else that we haven't covered already? I think there's just one thing. And I did want to talk about it, but you had it in your notes.
0: Well, the hood mask was interesting to me, but I found it funny, too, because if you watch the movie, and I didn't catch this until I started really remembering, it it's pretty much, uh, if you watch Elizabeth Banks, when she was, they were in a flashback of her picking up the baby, that's the same red rag or whatever she took the baby out with that, I guess, was the swaddling cloth. And he uses that as his mask to cover his features. And th- that also leads me to believe, like, wow, this is a little bit dark because he has to cover his face, unlike Superman. And he's just, uh, you know, he stitched this thing to cover yeah. himself to do all these dastardly deeds, you know?
1: Yeah. I almost got – I got the impression that he burned out those eyes with his heat ray vision. Yeah on that mask. And, and so I thought that was interesting. I I, I'm with you. It's the snout is what I was, I fixated on. I was trying to figure out where that snout kind of thing came from. It made me wonder if, you know, if we ever do get another movie that gives us some backstory of where he came from, maybe that snout had something to do with the, the, you know, how he was connected to the, like an umbilical cord to the, the spacecraft, or maybe that's something with his, his actual race as they have a snout. I don't know. Yeah. But that that was the one thing that kind of threw me off when he was drawing the pictures of it. I was, I was like, "What is that thing hanging down from his nose?" So hmm. good one.
0: Okay. Uh, the
1: only other thing you- I would
0: have would be uh, his desires. You know, it's like you know, during pu- puberty and uh, him taking things the wrong way, especially with that little girl, and then he just goes nuts. Yeah, the girl was really terrified, and it terrified me of like you know almost like a stalkerish kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and they didn't. the The problem for me with that whole part of the the movie was they didn't spend enough time. Like, I didn't get the jump from if if he had been back to her room like several times, I could see her reacting the way she did in that whole wind in the willows circle. Yeah, but really, it was only. Again, I'm not. I'm not trying to belittle what happened, but he only went to her room once before that incident and she couldn't even be 100% sure that it was him. And so it really kind of surprised me that she reacted as, and like I said, it's one of those things that I don't know if they, they want us to just think there's been more instances of this or that he's had some sort of fixation. I know they talk to each other in class and so they seem to be friendly. And then all of a sudden she thinks he's in in her room one night and he, jumps up to being a pervert. Yeah. You know, and I, it just, for me, that was a bit of a jump. And I understand, like you said, that the movie was trying to be faster paced and trying to show us something uh, quick going on. And, and, you know, we do see his escalation when he breaks her hand, you know, and it's, it's a very abusive kind of thing or like a stalker kind of thing that he shows up at her room after breaking her hand with flowers going, well, I'm sorry, here's some flowers, <laughs> you know? Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, It just, for me, there was a little bit of a disconnect there that I I just, I think if the movie had had about maybe 10 more minutes of just certain things they could have showed us that would have helped us um, connect more with him and his descent and him and his training, if they had just given us a little bit more of that, I think I would be, I would be much more happy with the movie. Because it just seemed like he really, and, and maybe it's because I'm a, I'm a fan of Smallville and Smallville fent, sent, spent like, you know, several seasons of him trying to figure out his powers. Yeah, that was a, a slow so, build up with that show. Right, right. And it, to the point where, like, the whole thing of Smallville was that he didn't even learn how to fly until the last episode of the last season. Yeah, You know, to, to, so um, it just, that's, that's the only thing for me that I, I really wanted to, just a little bit more. Uh, in this movie i wanted a little bit more to give me something to connect with uh with him and with what he was going through and his descent give us a little bit more of the ship influencing him you know we we didn't see that uh we saw a little bit of it but we didn't see a lot you know show us a little bit of his training of his figuring out his powers that that would have i think it would have helped me out a little bit yeah, same here. We did we, we did get some listener feedback from this one, and I've been talking a bit. So do you want to go ahead and read Paik's feedback? Uh, our good friend Peg Allen
0: says, Dark, disturbing, and gruesome. That James Gunn flavor was definitely there. I love that it takes this Superman story and turns it on its head. It's like a superhero origin movie with none of the heroic parts and sheer horror instead. Absolutely loved it. Very special movie. Just don't wait until it's 12 years old to tell that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. I didn't catch that. That's a great, I love that line. Don't wait till it's 12 years old to tell. I think that's the other thing is that even though he knew he was adopted, he didn't know about this whole, the, the whole alien thing yeah. until, until after his powers started to, uh, which is interesting. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. We've got a lot of plans in the works for Panels to Pixels. Jessica Jones Season 3 is scheduled to drop uh, this month. We're now in June when we're recording this. We want to review the new season of Preacher when it starts in August. So we may do some single episode reviews of Jessica Jones Season 2 to get caught up. Then uh, then we'll do maybe two episodes a week for Jessica Jones Season 3. Uh, after that, we may have a few single episode reviews of the first three seasons of Preacher leading us into Season 4 of that show, which kicks off in August. And of course, as we just talked about, we've got Watchmen coming up. There's a whole lot of movies. Well, maybe not a whole lot of Marvel movies, but there's there's a whole lot of movies in the works in the next, uh, in the future. So if you've got any ideas of what you want us to cover on Panels to Pixels, you can always send us some feedback at our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash panels to pixels, or you can email us at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels. One, the two is spelled out. T O. The number one at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, that that is definitely there is definitely a lot out there, people. So, if you have something that you want us to talk about, we'll definitely do it. We'll uh, definitely be working on those other things that Steve were was actually just talking about, and uh, we will have a few things in between. So, if sometimes we miss a week or something for something or we'll regularly do, we'll have a filler episode just to have. Something there to grasp your appetite, and on top of that, uh, I was looking into some older stuff. I was watching some old, like the old Captain America 1990 movie. Um, I mentioned earlier something about the crow, uh, it is the 25th anniversary of that particular movie, so we definitely will be doing that. And then there's also uh, a few other movies in my head that kind of rank into there as far as like hero movies that uh kind of came and went that we should talk about just for fun. And it's not going to be anything long. It'll be similar to a review like this, which doesn't take that much. Very
1: cool. Just watch our Facebook page for any announcements of what's coming.
0: Exactly. So thanks everybody for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels, everybody. Good night. Good night.